Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Sorry, that was a no, big no. Here is the yes. <laughs> Knocking the the uh, liberals who actually care because that's the one difference between the Trump rebellion and the liberals is the liberals actually want life to be better for all, but they just don't have the aggression or the momentum to do anything. And when a real alternative is given to them, they turn their back to it and want to stick with the status quo, which is basically the blue dog Democrats who have been corporatists since I'm going to say Clinton. That's the problem with America today is that we are so 
we are afraid to buck the status quo. And I'm, how old are you, Fred? I'm, shit, how old am I? I'm 40-something. I'm late 40s. I'm 40. Yeah, I'm, I'm late 40s, 50 this year. We grew up in a yeah. generation where our movies were telling us, fuck the man, think for yourself. Yeah. And then we went and oh, listened our to our rock and roll records. What did they say? I'm sorry, fuck what was that? Fuck the man. Think for yeah, yourself. <laughs> yeah, think for yourself. Yeah, I mean, when I have arguments with Trump supporters, I actually do try to understand where they're coming from because I actually did listen to an interviewer who asked a Trump supporter in 2016, why do you support Trump? Because when Clinton passed NAFTA, I lost my job and everyone in my town lost my job. So yeah, I, I mean, I can go, understand that. It's a yes, scary and, thing. Yes, and that's why I, okay. <laughs> so I understand the hatred towards the left. It's like, well, you know what? We haven't shown them anything. We haven't shown them, hey, we're here to make your lives better. We're just showing them, oh, fuck you, you're deplorable, you know, go screw yourselves. You're deplorable because you voted for Trump. They, a lot of them voted for Trump, not because they all are racist, even though a majority of skinheads, well, skinheads in general love fucking Trump, but a lot of them out of desperation because the left has failed them so badly. And a lot of them would vote for Bernie if he didn't get fucked out of the last primary, which even further hammered the stake of division amongst the liberals and progressives. So, Yeah, I mean, just seat. listen. <laughs> we had the left. What were they saying? If you vote for Trump, you're bad. And what were the rights yeah. saying? If you vote, I'll get you your jobs back. Yeah. Yeah, and so a lot of them I'm, heard Trump and thought, well, he's an asshole, but you know what? He promised me my job back. Well, guess what? Here we are three years into his presidency, and no, your job's ain't coming back. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's always... As long as the us versus them argument stays, and it goes with everything, yeah. we're fine. Well, I look at it this way. I mean, politics has become the new football. It's like, okay, which team is winning? Not us. <laughs> yeah. Well, Not us, the people. Always, they love it. Always us versus them. they got to have a boogeyman. When we were a kid, who were the boogeymen? The Iranians, the Vietnamese, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, I remember the, there was a dealers. punk song. Uh, yeah, drug dealers, Iranians, the Russians. That was huge. I mean, we were oh, there's going to be yeah, a nuclear Russians. war every other morning. <laughs> yeah. If you don't yeah. let us do what we want, the Russians will come and stick their foot up our ass. Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, after the day after, you know, when that aired on TV, you know, the Russians yeah. are going to bomb us, we're going to bomb them, they're going to bomb us, and everyone's going to be dead. And it's all Gorbachev's like fault. when I was a kid, I, like, what? I watched Red Dawn. I was like, God damn, commie Russia's kicked their ass. Now I'm a dog. Exactly. Hey, that's Ron O'Neill. Hey, that's Richard Lynch. <laughs> Shit, I'm with the Russians. <laughs> And then I see some of the more subtle stuff in the movie. It's like Richard Lynch goes to Ron O'Neill. What are you going to do once this war is over? I'm going home. You mean you're not yeah. going to celebrate? No, I'm sick of war. I won't go home. 
Exactly. You know, but that's what we've been fed our entire lives. And that's why there was such a rise in rebellion with our music and movies back then. Cause we were just like, shut up today. We don't really have that today. It's like, anytime you see a Hollywood film come out, it's like, except for Joker, it's like, Oh, embrace the status quo. There are heroes. And the, and what most people don't get is there are no heroes in Joker. No. The hero, the rich people are bad, but the motherfuckers who worship the Joker and go out and burn shit down, they're burning their own fucking houses. They're burning their own fucking yeah. places where they live. What the fuck well, is Dead Kennedy summed it up in their song Riot. Dead Kennedy sung, summed it up in their song Riot. T- tomorrow, um, tomorrow you're homeless, tonight it's a blast. Yeah. Well, do you remember your own the one line from Joker that everyone glosses over and forgets? Which one? There's nothing political about me, Murray. I'm just an anarchist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't care about politics. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he just didn't care. Yeah. He was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's no but politics. He did. I just like destroying shit. And when he was watching the city burn, the cop goes, what are you laughing at, you freak? You caused all this. And he goes, I know. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, ain't it cool? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's, but, I mean, I get the whole. Like uh, when Frank Zapp was on the McLaughlin goose, he said, do you know that you caused a lot of people to think against the status quo and not to trust the people in authority? He's like, yeah, I know. Ain't it good? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and all the damage cool is done. Uh, Bob Marley, get up, stand up. You know, get up, stand up, find up for your rights. Yeah. George Clinton, yeah, which free is your mind direction. and the rest will follow. <laughs> I mean, and well, you had the you had the uh, second wave of punk, which was all about burn it all down. Let's start over. You know, fuck fuck the government, burn it down. We don't need it. It's all damaged and it's not going to fix itself. That's kind of like where yeah. I originally came from. God save the queen, ain't a human being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is funny because someone actually redid that song during 2016 for uh, Hillary Clinton. God save the queen, <laughs> she ain't a human being. <laughs> You know, and if that's the left, like, that's the problem. It's like, I wanted to like Hillary Clinton. And Bernie Sanders actually, you know, went out and campaigned for him, for her, after he got cheated out. He just said, fuck it, you know, anything to stop Trump. But unfortunately, she was such a horrible candidate, you know. That's not rebellion. It's just that... And it's not your generation. You guys, when it came down to it, you guys bit the bullet. Why? Because you knew that if we don't rally, when it comes down to it, we're fucked. Yeah. But the young ones, if I don't get my pudding, I'm not going to do shit. <laughs> I'm that you can't sit down because your asshole's sore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it was that that, I, and I don't want to just talk. I, we're 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 supposed to be talking about rebellion, and tonight's show is no witnesses, which 
shows where we're at currently right now. Mitch McConnell basically said, nope, you're not bringing any witnesses. Then and it's the on a trial. Said, we're not having an... Yeah. It's we dead. know motherfucker did Trump's it, gonna... but we don't want no witnesses to... T- or to quote my boy from Tennessee, Lamar Alexander, yes, we know he did it. There's enough evidence to prove it, but we don't think there's enough to impeach. And if we bring any more witnesses, they'll just say what we already know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and a lot of this came from they wanted to bring Bolton on because Bolton's transcripts for his book came out pretty much saying exactly what this impeachment trial is. He did it. He tried to get dirt on Biden. He broke the law going to a foreign power to get evidence. And Bolton wrote it in his book. Don't ask me why he wrote it in his book, but he did. (laughs) And um, so they wanted to bring him on as a witness, and Mitch McConnell's like, no, you can't bring any witnesses, but the trial's over because there's no witnesses. What? <laughs> so you know well, there's a witness. Forget. You know the Bolton and us come for come from a generation where if it's written down on paper, it's fact. Don't you get yeah. the line from Citizen Kane? He said, no, I, I, "What's the yeah. difference between the lie and the truth?" And the guy said, "I don't know what." And then Kane writes down something on paper. He said, "You see that? Yeah." Now it's truth. Yeah. He wrote it down. Nowadays, now. <laughs> nowadays, I could have a video of me stabbing somebody in the fucking heart. And as God is my witness, to be motherfuckers out there going, that ain't true. That's fake video. Yeah. And if Especially I said, if you're rich and I powerful. I stabbed him in the heart. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're just lying because they made you lie. Yeah. But I'm confessing. Oh, you're not? <laughs> How can you fight against that? Yeah. I call no witnesses, and you're not admitting this, the submitting this uh, video for evidence. Trial over. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, I mean, if I was going to trial for murder, I'd love that shit. Uh, Your Honor? Yes. Uh... The defense says we don't want any witnesses called during this trial. The judge. Okay. Yeah. Now prove your case, well, Mr. Prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, this is exactly how they did it in the um, Jim Crow days. What they're doing for Trump is something that these motherfuckers have been doing since the Jim Crow days. If a white man murdered a black man out in the open – they would set up the trial to where there was no witnesses and the guy would eventually walk. That's what they're doing for Trump. This is not anything new. It's just now it's on yeah, a bigger scale. Yeah, you say travesty, I say business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly, to these guys, they're used to this kind of shit. This is their game. They they And they play it very well. So. <laughs> and if the Democrats but, had balls with the vote being so close, three votes, yeah. They can call for a revote. Why you want a revote? Well, it's so close. But you lose exactly. again. Then you got nothing to fear, motherfucker. Let's do it again. <laughs> like you say, pick up basketball when we was kids. And I beat your ass by one point. Of course you're going to say, fuck you, we're going to play again. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. <clears throat> Speaking of like rich and powerful sports, again, you know how um, rigged our system is. 
So I'm probably going to get a lot of slack over this, but that basketball player that recently passed, and I feel horrible for his daughter, and I feel horrible for him. Oh, I, yeah. I don't want it's anyone to die. the way he died, but all y'all motherfuckers have been crucifying motherfuckers for just saying the truth. Well, that's Fuck my you. thing. The women are victims of rape, and when motherfuckers come out and say, oh, they're just gold diggers, oh, they're whores, she knew what she was doing, which I've actually seen people saying. I've seen, he not only apologized and paid for it, but he actually said in court he didn't believe the sex was consensual. He admitted to it. But he paid her off out of the shit I've never done. I'm sorry? I've never apologized for shit I've never done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not only that, the police, there was blood on his clothing. So I just want to take a second and say to all the women out there, you're not alone. And they're, they're going through hell. Like, a, like people that have been raped are going through hell because they know they can't speak up because immediately the misogynists, especially the misogynist sports fans who defend these demigods, jump right out. All oh, them whores, they need to shut up. He's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. tragic. And I feel bad for him and his daughter. But at the same time, don't shit all over the fucking rape victims because they still are hurting. Because well, they still feel like they have no power. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on my rant. <laughs> no, no. Go, go ahead. Look at Mike Tyson. <laughs> he was convicted yeah. on fucking... Almost no evidence. What was the evidence? Yeah. She went up in his room at 2 a.m. in the morning. She said she was yeah. raped. That was it. He was convicted. But this motherfucker yeah. had blood on his ass. Blood. Yeah. The police saw her. She was brutalized. She was raped. And was not only that, people go, people go, she didn't show up for the trial. Well, because, his, because he had the money to hire vicious lawyers, they went after her so badly that that state had to change its victim laws. That's how bad... Her, his lawyers attacked her. They changed the laws that you're not allowed to brutalize the victim like that in court. So, of course, rape she didn't show for trial. The only not only was she I've ever known of that if you are a woman or man, let's not bullshit. Yeah. And you go up and say, this motherfucker raped me, you're automatically, you're automatically lying, motherfucker. Yeah, no one believes you. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're 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 not a victim. You're 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 a gold digger. You're 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 trying to get money from this person, or you're just or, an yeah, you're and yeah, it was consensual. You just regret it afterwards. Yeah, she was a drunk whore. Yeah, no, fuck you. You know, she was a drunk whore. Oh, you're just gay. What? Fuck. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and and I'm not the only reason I'm talking about it now. The only reason I'm talking about it now is because I, I, I work in a warehouse with all these sports hard, nuts. Yeah. Hmm? Who do you think has a harder time, man? Some woman coming out and going, he raped me. Or some guy coming out and going, this guy raped me. Yeah. Who do you think will be crucified yeah. more? I mean, they're both. the women are always crucified. Cause they're, I mean, police test kits for rape, 
they're not even they're not even processing them. They're sitting in vaults. No one they don't give a yeah. shit. They and don't give a, a man shit. So like, I'm not even gonna play. You this. are fucked by another man. You are raped. You're lesser than a man. You're not even a man anymore. You're well, yeah, low. that's the stigma on men. Yeah, that that's how society um, stigmatizes men. You know, oh, you're gay if you took it in the ass. It's just like, stop. He was raped. It's not sex. And that's the other thing. Rape is not sex. It's a it's a violent crime. It's no different than beating a woman or man. You know, almost to death. You're just doing it. You're just taking it one step further. And going uh, back to beloved movies, you know what always scared me looking at reviews of all of the rape revenge pictures back then? What was that? Oh, those movies are misogynist. They just violently rape. They just violently rape the woman. They shouldn't have that movies. Uh. Oh yeah, like um, the one of the worst (laughs) ones was I Spit on Your Grave. That one got tore up, and. The one thing about that film, if you actually sit and watch it, they always say, oh, it encourages men to rape. You watch that film, there is nothing sexual or sexy about it. It's just hard to watch. There's I watched nothing it in a room full of women. I was scared shitless. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I like the way she cut him up for raping her, that motherfucker. Well, like, yeah, I mean, she gets her revenge, but the the rape sequences themselves, there's nothing erotic about them. They didn't sexualize it at all. It's just yeah. violence and disgusting. And the director purposely did that. it like that. It just that. makes me think, what kind of rape scene, how do you want it filmed? Do you want it filmed glamorously? What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? But that's that's how the reviewers tried to put it, like, oh, it's going to encourage young men to go out and rape. No, you watch that, you're like, ew, that's rape? Oh, that's fucking horrible. Well, you know <laughs> like, where Cisco and Ebert watched I Spell on Your Grave at? Where? In a grindhouse theater. Oh, God, the worst place to see a movie like that. Well, it isn't that. It's that they... Have you ever really read the reviews? They don't review the movie. They review the audience. If you yeah. watch something like that in a room full of jaded motherfuckers who have seen yeah. it all, you're not going to get the same reaction if you watch it in the middle of white bread Peoria. Yeah, or any like normal audience, like normal thinking audience. Yeah, if you're talking about, like, 70s, 80s, Grindhouse, New York films, those audience are filled with, like, drunks, homeless, um, just people that are running from the law themselves. <laughs> you know, uh, I actually been to one of those in the heydays, like, like about, oh, God, I forgot what movie I saw. Shit. But I remember, like, I was warned ahead of time, don't go to the bathroom because that's where you get mugged. Don't, you know, I remember the floor being sticky because yeah. I remember I was walking on my, my converse and my feet were like, ew, you know, it was the one time I actually went into a New York Times Square grindhouse. I'm trying to remember what movie I saw. It was definitely a horror film. Um, shit. I think it was, um, wasn't Ghoulies cause that was too late. It wasn't humongous, but it was definitely, oh, Pieces. It was pieces. I saw pieces in, in the grindhouse in New York, which is why I have such a love for that film. 
It was one of the reruns of pieces. I can't remember the theater. I just remembered they had the um, big billboards outside, you know, for the big blown up pictures with all the, like, the horrid scenes. And I, because it used yeah. to be when my father used to go to New York to buy his pornos. And he would be like, all right, go see a movie. I'm going to go here and buy my fucking pornos. All right, Dad. <laughs> you know, I'd get, he'd give me some money and I'd, you know, either buy food or go to one of those movies. You know? Yeah, yeah I, you know I, I wasn't know what theater was the safer one? Because no one in their fucking sane mind would go to the fucking Anko. No, it wasn't that. No, this was definitely, uh, like, just horror. There was no porno. And there was no, not, the it was, was, it was horror, definitely... but it was just the nastiest, meanest one ever. Even the hardest yeah. and the hardcore that I know some would not go in that motherfucker. They'd be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But I was so young when I saw it. Like, I barely remembered it. And I remember when I got it on VHS tape, like, years later, I was like, wait a minute, there's scenes missing. I saw this. This this isn't the same movie. So, and then I had to, of course, wait for the Blu-ray to come out that was uncut. <laughs> and then you realize uh, they cut the boring scenes out of the VHS print. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, no, I, that was the one Grindhouse film that I actually went into a Grindhouse theater in New York. Other than that, I wasn't really allowed to go because every time my dad went, he would just make me stand out in front of the porn theater and, you know, stand there all awkward, saying hi to the pretty hookers, you know. <laughs> hi, lady. And they always you. say, yeah. oh, films like that, they desensitize us. No, they didn't. We were like, God damn, this shit's fucked up. What the fuck yeah. is this shit? Yeah, it's I mean, like, I'm a vegetarian, so <laughs> how, hard, yeah, hard, how horrible like, am uh, I? Like, it's like shit like fight for your life. We knew better yeah. than to watch that in front of certain company. Yeah. No, yeah. And actually, those kind of films actually made me just build up an interest in special effects, which I did for a few years in my youth. I was I had my own yeah. little lab, sculpting, making my own masks. Yeah, I wasn't out, like, killing kittens and puppies. I was trying to make art, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, but really, we confronted really the nastiness <laughs> in our lives. That's another thing. We didn't hide in our safe places. We confronted it. We knew it was there, but we knew that we didn't want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, George Romero said something great once because he got demonized for his films, especially Day of the Dead, the No Holds Bar Gore. And he says, I really don't believe this will make someone go out and kill. In fact, it'll descend, it'll. It'll, un, it'll it'll pull that trigger that they can see it in the film and be like, ooh, ooh, I don't need to see that. You know, I don't need to do it. Oh, I saw yeah. it. Ugh. I mean, it's like, um, what is it, the film? Um, Sallow, 128 Sodom. I saw that movie. I'm good. I never need to see that film again. And I, you know, and that's another thing. It's like, ugh, another harsh reality of rape. It's like, fuck. Yeah, you know, Sala was just out there to disgust you, and fuck that. I want meat, you know, as we discussed on yeah. Sunday, so meat on the bone. But, yeah, yeah I mean. I mean, my preference is creatures. My my preference, I want to, if, if there's blood and gore, that's cool, I, but give me some creatures, too. I like creatures. <laughs> yeah. Give me some monsters yeah, in I mean, there. We, if were a monster's born, I, we were born in a generation where television took down television and the press 
took down a motherfucking president in righteousness. Yeah. yeah. They exposed yeah, no, they, crime. They, they did their job. Nowadays, yeah, we don't have they want to well, tell you about what virus is out there. Oh, you're going to die because of the coronavirus. Or SARS. Or Ebola. Or what was the one before that? <laughs> like, like I was trying to explain yeah, this somewhere. It seems like, like every couple years. Coronavirus. I'm like, what? They going to make motherfuckers drink Mexican beer? <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and it really got to that. To Like, I tried to explain to someone, it seems like every five to six years, there's a new virus we got to be scared of. You know, and even Tom Savini was trying to make, and remake them. Um, around here are being closed because of the goddamn flu virus and the flu vaccine not working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But isn't it but funny I mean, you whenever know. something comes up, that they want to avoid talking about, like, uh, and all that, like, you know, oh, are people in power fucked up? Let's have a war. Are people in power fucked up? Let's bring up virus. Let's bring up violence. Yeah, well, I mean, we had that whole thing with Iran recently, you know. Impeachment here? Oh, we just bombed Iran. Like, what? (laughs) Why? Why'd you kill that guy? It wasn't. It wasn't because he was a bad man. It's because you wanted to deflect from the fact that you're impeached. You know. You wanted to and show the media. He had a this dick. is this is where people don't get it. The same corporations that are paying off the Republicans are paying off the Democrats and own your media. So you're going to get not only spin, you're going to get bullshit mixed with truth, and more spin on top of that to keep us guessing what's going on. And you know what you the know, problem and when you is? Make one, and when you make a few lies, then, and then they make everything a lie. Yeah, and you know what the problem is? Back in when we were babies, the underground would tell the truth. They would get the word out. Nowadays, yeah. the underground are on the Internet, and they're just as fucking stupid and goofy as the mainstream yeah, that's press. Why I... <laughs> That's why if you find one or two golden internet... We get the flat earthers. Dinosaurs aren't real. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? That's why you find one or two decent sources. Hold on to them. They're gold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I have my two. I'm not going to talk about them here. (laughs) Just because 10 million people can say what they want to say, does that mean they should? No. <laughs> we had a well, I mean, yeah, everyone should be able to like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in freedom of speech, but at the same time, it's like we don't have the education to discern bullshit from reality anymore. Well, back in the day when it was all print and stuff, we had that lever of filtering. It's like there were people whose yeah. job was like, okay, this stuff is good, this stuff is bullshit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, if you no, were good, we don't your magazine enough. thrived and you survived. And people knew that you were good because you kept putting stuff out. Nowadays, there's no filter. Yeah, anything. Anything can make it out there, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Yeah, the flat earthers. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you don't believe in the flat earth being on the back of a, what is it, a flying turtle with elephants holding up the corner or some shit like that? <laughs> no, because some motherfucker would have took a picture of it and put it on YouTube by now. Or put it on the... Yeah. And do you remember that movie that came out last year? Do you remember the description of it, the documentary about the guy? He went, he went, uh, here's just the summation of the plot. He went around the world to try to find proof that the earth was flat. Oh, I did not see that film. Oh, I missed that that treasure. (laughs) But just listen to the summation of the plot, like I just said. What sort of problem is there? Well, it's like the um, it's like the uh, one meme that you see online. Flat Earth Society. We have members acl- around the globe. What? Yeah. What? Hey, motherfucker! What? <laughs> <laughs> Say that slowly. <laughs> yeah. Say that slowly. But yeah. Around the globe. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like. You, 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 like I said, you have to find a source or two that are, that, that, that can withstand the, uh, um, what do you call it? The, uh, oh, scientists do it. <laughs> peer, peer-reviewed pressure to see if your story is a bullshit. You know. So, and the, the, like I said, there's one or two sources I go to all the time, and everything else I'm skeptical about. Yeah, like that song that I played. At the beginning of the show. That fit perfectly, didn't it? Yes. 1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1968-1
my punk music, you know, or music in general. I shouldn't just say punk. And there was also something missing today is a a meter of right and wrong. It's like racism is bad. This is good. Uplifting your fellow man is good. But there's also, you knew there was a gray area, too. It seems like there's no gray area. You're either... You're either completely one side or you're shit. So, it's I, I don't even know what to think anymore. Like that's why I kind of like I was hesitant to do this show because I'm like, I don't even know what to think anymore with people. You know, I mean, I have my I think, uh, truth. Your meme meme said it the best. In Which my twenties, I yellow by offer as God. In my 30s, yeah. <laughs> Yellow Biafra is right, but he's for young kids. In your yeah. 40s, Yellow Biafra is God. Yeah, Yellow Biafra is right about everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I had that. I had that, you know, meter to test everything with. It's like you don't have a meter to test anything with. It's like I don't know. That that's That seems to be like what's going on now. I don't know. And SJW again. Frank Zappa's dumb all over. It's the truth. Yeah. You know, it is to the left, me morons to the right. If you don't believe what I believe, I will kill you. Exactly. You know, and SJWs, your heart's in the right place, but it's like I got attacked because I like the movie Joker. But it's sexist. Really? Did you watch it? No. Then what are you arguing with me about? I read a blog saying it's sexist. All right, well, go see the film. I don't want to see it. Well, then what are you arguing with me for? You know, if you're not going to go and actually test it against your knowledge of life, through your filter of life, then don't argue with me about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we need Jesus. more strong women a... in movies nowadays. <laughs> we didn't when we were kids. Yeah, that's because you were sexist men. No. You know why? Me and you and our generation didn't need... Movies of strong what? women? We had fucking Cynthia Rothrock. We had fucking Michelle Yeoh. We had Pam fucking Greer. <laughs> we had all the yeah. fucking badass groundhouse women. We had fucking Ellen Ripley. We had the alien yeah. fucking queen. Oh, what's my favorite line from um, Black Belt Jones? Hey, honey, do the dishes. She pulls out a gun, shoots the sink, and goes, dishes are done. <laughs> Well, that ain't my favorite, and you can. And this is a little extreme. Woman, what you doing in this pool hall? He said, "Boy, I make you look like a sick faggot." Gloria fucking oh. Hendry. And she there just wants everybody's I'm... ass in that joint. Yeah. We didn't need well, strong. I mean, we it's... didn't need to make some movies with strong women because they were already there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it we wasn't had it. We already had it. They were just badasses, and we didn't accepted it. Yeah, and that's the one thing I hate agreeing with with a lot of conservatives is, oh, don't be so sensitive all the time. Sometimes, you know what? Let that fucking joke go. Don't fucking think everything's evil and gonna bring you down. 
you know, just be like, well, I don't find it funny. I'm going to move on. You know, I'll go talk to the guy who's not a, who's not going to tell that joke. You know, <laughs> stop being so fucking hurt by everything. <laughs> There's jokes out there yeah. that that I see online. I'm just like, eh, that's kind of shitty, but uh, okay, as long as it gets you through the day and you're not hurting anyone, so. <laughs> You know, as long, now if they're taking that joke and trying to pass laws on it, yeah, then I'd get up, then I'd get all fucking upright about it, you know. Yeah, but George Collins said the best. You know, if you think that a joke is fu- is not funny, and you think that it's offensive to you, good, that's a good thing. But do not try to get me or someone that doesn't find a joke offensive or find it funny and make them feel the way that you do. Because nine times out of ten, we will tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the other thing I love about the Joker movie. He isn't comedy subjective. <laughs> you know, he's telling he's telling jokes that I wouldn't necessarily laugh at, but, you know, he's a fucked up individual, and that's what's funny to him. <laughs> yeah, it's what's funny to him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's but, funny you know, that it's... a dark movie like that, people rush to. Yeah. That shows where well, our my minds point... are right. That really shows where our minds are right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that I was just reading an article about the um, French uh, riots where the firemen are fighting police, and the firemen are wearing Joker makeup. You're not talking He's about become the a most symbol of rebellion. thing that they're doing. Really. <laughs> You're not getting to the most badass thing they're doing. Which is? They're setting themselves, setting themselves on fucking on fire. fire and fighting yeah. the policemen on fire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. I will yeah. never be that badass. Never. Yeah. yeah. I will kick because your police. ass. Oh shit. Because and I will be on fucking the world fire when I do it. Goddamn, run. <laughs> yeah. But I think my point. I was trying to bring up a point with the SJWs. It's like I I know your hearts are in the right place, but it's like your movement should be on the street to change laws and to fight corruption. Not to tell the guy online, oh, you shouldn't post that because I'm offended. You know, deal with that later. Maybe we should build a society where he wouldn't need that humor, I guess, you know, or to say, oh, do my, make my sandwich, bitch. You know, the fight should be on the streets stopping the corruption, not not online going after someone telling someone who likes a movie. Which 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 I ended up having the blo- I never block anyone online except for Trump supporters because there's no reaching them, but this really showed me that the other spectrum where this SJW was so hardcore bent on trying to call me a racist and misogynist because I like the movie Joker, and every time I tried to show her how different is Joker racist when he Joker. wants to date a black woman. Well, because she became a victim and that he killed um But, again, she never saw the movie, so she had no idea. She was just going off of what a blog told her to think, which is the other dangerous yeah. aspect of just going online for shit. You know, there's no life experience the anymore. Days, so they, tried to call the show, they tried to call the movie MASH from the 70s uh, uh, racist and misogynist. You can't look through 
look at <coughs> a movie or anything from another generation through your point of view. Yeah. Yeah, t- times are different. Um, they There was no intent to harm. That's the one thing people don't remember. A lot of this, there's no intent to harm. There's no intent. Like, like, like saying a joke or a movie is, oh, that's horrible. It's not trying to harm you. It's it a vision a director is trying to show you. Yeah, it was trying Todd to Phillips was trying to. Yeah. Tr- Todd Phillips was trying to show you mental illness. That's what the movie was really about. It wasn't about the Joker. It wasn't about superheroes. It was about mental it was about, illness. It was about all the people <laughs> that our society, both sides, willingly let slip through the crack because they don't give a shit about them because they're poor or they're not. Yeah. Hell, if you're not normal, they don't give a fuck about you. No one does. Well, my favorite line. You ever leave the studio, Murray? Do you know what it's like out there, Murray? Yeah, because he was just judging the Joker for killing those Wall Street guys. Sorry for spoiling it. If you haven't seen it yet, then you're get out from under the rock you're in. And trying to, you know, belittle the Joker for killing those guys, he had no idea what those Wall Street guys are doing. If the, if if Arthur Fleck wasn't on the train, I'm pretty sure those three Wall Street guys would harass that woman. Too damn near groping or rape. Well, let's the way they were headed. In the OOs, the Joker shoots three Wall Street guys in a thing. He's a fucking villain. He's the fucking devil. Yeah. Bernard Getz does the same goddamn thing in the 80s, the three black guys. He's a goddamn hero. He's the vigilante hero. Yeah, oh, guess, yeah. I remember him. <clears throat> yeah, when he, he was, um, yeah. yeah and, um, that's a little, that's a, that I didn't follow it as close as I should have back then, but I do remember hearing that he just was racist <laughs> and, and felt scared well, that three black guys were around. That, uh, black guys were gang shit and they were doing gang shit, you know. Yeah. Fucking honky motherfucker, we kick your ass. So, unlike yeah. Joker, who was getting the shit kicked out of him and then shot him in self-defense, he went home, got a gun, got back on the subway, bam, 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 bam and shot yeah, him. and look for him, yeah. He's a yeah. cold-blooded murderer. I'm sorry, if you're, yeah. if someone's beating the shit out of you and you pull out a gun... And defend yourself at that moment. You're acting in self-defense. But if Fred yeah. beats the shit out of me, and I go home and get a gun and come back and then shoot him, that's murder. There's no gray area there, is there? Yeah. But yeah, the whole point of that scene was like it was he was mentally gone, and he was abused, 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 abused. And it, here's three Wall Street guys about to rape a woman, and then on the talk show, tried to make them sound like they were angels. You know, and, and that like fast forward to today, with those Trump kids uh, that were there protesting women's right to an abortion, 
So I don't know if you remember this, <clears throat> with the Indian guy running up beating a drum in their faces, they tried to say those kids were innocent. No, those kids were there protesting women's right to choose. No, I've seen the uncut video. Both people were in the fucking wrong there. That Indian was antagonizing them to punch him, but they shouldn't have punched him. Yeah. And, I mean, it's... But they were there for for not wholesome... Yeah, just because they were there for the wrong reason doesn't mean that somebody should get a face like, come on, motherfucker, hit me, hit me, motherfucker, hit me, hit me, hit me. Yeah. But, I mean, they were, there was also reports of them antagonizing women as they were walking by, yelling at women. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it was a – but it's like the media turned right around, demonized them. Then you had the other right-wing media try to make them sound like angels. And, well, no, both like of that word wrong. that I used, narrative, it depends on which – that's the problem nowadays is that there are too many narratives. We have yeah, become just... we have become a blind man in the elephant fucking nation. Period. Uh, and I'm not joking. Uh, five people or uh, five blind. What it is is no day such fable where five blind men are touching an elephant. And then describing what they think the fucking elephant is. And you get five different fucking opinions of what the elephant is, and each of them are right, but all of them are wrong. Yeah. But I always boil it down to what's your moral compass? At the end of the day, are you harming people or not? You know, are you taking people's rights away or not? And so far, that's where the Trump supporters got to keep losing is they're backing a man whose intent is to take people's rights away, keep the poor, make the poor even poorer and make sure more of the money go up to the rich, you know. And, I mean, he is a straight-up Nazi. Like, I mean, he learned. Just remember, we wouldn't even have America if it wasn't for lying motherfuckers pressing shit like Manifest Destiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that Trump isn't the problem. Trump is a symptom of the problem. Our system from the, you know, inception has been built on death and exploitation of people. So, you know, that's where we are. uh, Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Trump (laughs) was first famous in the 80s, not because of any success... Because he was rich, we that was our yeah. problem. In the 80s, we started to worship the rich. First, we got yeah. greed is good, and then we started watching shows like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which worshiped the rich, and you had some drunken fucking British bozo come out going, he's better <laughs> than you because he's rich. And they sleep in solid gold beds. When deep caviar. He gets to fuck all these desperate poor women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, and w- he, look and at these desperate poor women lining up. Like yeah. No, I remember and that's that. Yeah, and everybody. Get into. That's why another reason why the poor worship the Republicans and the rich because they want yeah. to be like them, and I understand that. I want to have enough money where I don't have to worry about money. 
Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I would love to just sit home all day and work on art and have money to have a roof over my head and feed me and my cats. And that's, I mean, I remember growing up in the eighties, my dad, well, seventies and eighties, my father was the single man, was the man working by himself. He had his own job. My mom was a stay at home mom. They had two cars, a boat, you know, so we can go fishing like a big wooden 15 foot boat. And I mean, we had a house and, you know, we never were hungry. Even my dad lost a job at one point. He had enough savings. We can keep going. Now it's like we are living literally shit. Ramen noodles this week, or can I can I actually go to Seven Eleven and afford that fucking hot dog? You know. No, just ramen noodles. Ramen noodles go with everything. That's why they're so fucking wonderful. And that's yeah, no joke. You know, I'm I'm just trying to say. Yeah, like, they're cheap, but like I said, they go great with everything. That's. You shouldn't have to choose between dollar store food and paying rent, you know, and from the 80s. And it really started breaking down because, and this is why I hate when people are like, socialism doesn't work. We had socialism in America. That's the most prosperous time in America was when we had American socialism. When FDR, you know, the, um, what is the 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 New New Deal? Deal. Yeah, we had socialism in America. That's that's all Bernie Sanders wants to put back out there is what we had under FDR, you know, right to a job, right to home, right to health. What's wrong with that? Why are why are people so fucking angry about that? Because we are told that unless you strike it rich, you don't deserve shit. Yeah. Sorry. And plus, <laughs> do you remember in Land of the Dead, what were all the zombies? Oh, the zombies were considered the working class. Yeah. No, they were middle class. Oh, mid- well, yeah, middle class, working class, yeah. Yeah, they were the middle yeah, the class. Poor. The working class was the poor folks that lived in the city. Right, right, right. Sorry. The rich, yeah, no, the rich ones were the yeah. ones that lived in the Gilded Tower. Yeah, which wouldn't allow anyone in if they weren't gilded, yeah. Yeah, and, or or of a different race as... Like was almost learned. <laughs> yeah, you think it would yeah, let you that's in why, city? That's why George Romero is gravely missed. I mean, people say, "Oh, his last few films weren't that good," but his message never changed. He cared about people, yeah. you know, and he always tried to show how things really were. Like I Through said before, his show, show, where he could have got his original ending of uh, Land of the Dead, you would it would have been beautiful. You've heard of it, haven't you, Fred? No, I don't know which ending that was. Well, you know when uh, the rifle is about to shoot uh, Leguizamo and the other guy. Yeah. In the original, when the zombie attacked that person. Big Daddy walked up to him and gave him guns. Oh. Wow, and then okay. the ending was the <laughs> zombies and the poor killing the rich. Yeah, that would have been great. That, yeah, and that's how Big Daddy was. and the leader of the poor were standing up there with the fireworks playing, and God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that 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 would have been a great ending. But th- that's also the movie that Romero 
because um, and John Carpenter apologizes to this day about it. John Carpenter is the one that convinced Romero. No, come to Hollywood. Come to Hollywood. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. And George Romero came and made Land of the Dead and I think one or two other films. And Romero went to the John Carpenter and was like, yeah, John, they are that bad. They won't let me do my visions. They keep trying to change my visions. Yeah, they want to give me a ton of money to make my films, but they, want to keep, they don't want me to get my message out. And John Carpenter apologizes to this day over that. There's a video of him saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, George. Hollywood, yeah, was that bad to you. So, yeah, that's why Land of the Dead endings changed because they did, they were, Hollywood's like, no, you can't do that. You can't have that kind of a strong message in your film. You just got to have zombies killing people, which is why we got Dawn of the Dead, the um, remake. Because <laughs> zombies should it just be killing people. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't Dawn of the Dead. No. They forced him to use that title. Yeah. James Gunn admitted that, that they forced him to use that title. What title was the original? What was the um, because I don't remember it that. Was, uh, I watched it was the... Outbreak or Contagion or something like that. Something to deal with the virus. Okay. But it wasn't Dawn <laughs> okay. of the Dead because he knew that if he had Dawn of the Dead as the title of it, he was fucked. Yeah, and people hate it. People hate it just because of the title. But it's I mean it still took place in the mall. Was his original idea was in a mall? Yeah. Okay, so it was still Dawn of the Dead, though, because that's Dawn of the Dead in a mall. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, anytime you try to, like, do a remake of a film, you know you're going to get shit for it, you know? Especially someone like, what's the film that want to remake? Well, reanimate They want to remake Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> what was that, dude? They're going to try to do another Dawn of the Dead? No, especially if the movie is as loved and as perfect as Dawn of the oh, Dead. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Which, I mean, that to me, when someone asks me what is my favorite horror film, it, I, I always, it, I'm always saying it uh, depends what mood I'm in, but I've watched Dawn of the Dead more than any other film, and I own like five different copies of it, different cuts of it. I have the Argento's uh, 100 and... 28-minute one, I have Romero's director's cut, I have the theatrical cut, I have the German complete cut, I have the mall hours cut. <laughs> so, well, don't forget, the theatrical cut is Romero's director's cut. The one that they try to say is the director's cut is the Cannes cut. Yeah, the festival cut, yeah. Yeah, what yeah, happened was he was halfway cut. through his editing, but they needed to sell the film at Cannes. So he took what he had and showed it there. Yeah. But, I mean, I always go back to the – it's funny because each cut of the film, the soundtrack is completely different. It's either more Goblin or it's more of the um, – uh, the uh, what did Romero use? The um, studio He just studio used library tracks. <laughs> library tracks. He just used library tracks. He would use a – which I actually have um, – Goblins, Dawn of the Dead score performed live on vinyl, and I have Romero's library tracks on vinyl, which I I tell everyone get both of them. What was that? Did you see who died two weeks ago? Mm, A lot of people died. (laughs) The man who died. The man who composed the Gronk. 
Oh no! Yeah, which isn't in the German film, it's the German cut. Because I mean, the 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 German complete cut is it has English, which has the gonk. I've actually, because I'm such a fucking nerdy fan, I had to watch the German film. The music soundtrack is all rock and roll goblin. It's all yeah. like fucking action film music. And the gonk isn't in at the end. They they don't use it in the film. They have Even the electric... Even though Argento uses the gonk at the end of the movie. So it was so jarring for me to watch Dawn of the Dead, and the gonk didn't come up. I'm like, wait. Oh, fuck you, Germany. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what the ball hours cut is, people, it's the kitchen... I call it the kitchen sink cut, which is they used every bit of film yeah. that was usable... And- Yep. Yeah, the only thing that did, never made it into any of the cuts, and Romero, I think, scrapped the film footage, is he did have a pregnant woman in the film, a pregnant zombie. That never made it in. There's 8 millimeter behind-the-scenes oh, footage of Oh, there's another her. scene that didn't well, make it in either. Which was? The scene of Christine Romero and George Romero dressed up as the Santa Claus. And, uh, oh yeah, the yeah. elf. Yeah, they were they were Santa Claus and elf. Yeah, or Mrs. Claus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't make it in either. But yeah, no. Um, on the eight millimeter footage, if you have the um, I think it's what the five disc disc set, the complete yeah. edition. Yeah. If you have that set, and the bonus disc is um eight millimeter footage that a guy shot. Uh, of him behind the scenes while they were making Dawn of the Dead. It's all silent. It's just 8mm footage, and you see the pregnant zombie walking around. Yeah. It, so it that, that Romero at that time period was like, I might be pushing it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, now we had a woman give birth to a zombie baby, so... But yeah, but, um, I mean, yeah, our fucking horror films that we watched as teens that were fit for us kids, those have political bent to them. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't did. see them as kids, but once we did, we felt like, wow, we're smarter now. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, so when I was a child, what what gave me my progressive views? was by accident, by my father's hand. My father sat me down one day to watch Billy Jack on television. I'm a little kid. I had yet, had not discovered punk rock yet. And my father wanted me to watch this film with him because he liked to laugh at Billy Jack's hat and the the strange little hippies. So my father, because my father was a Richard Nixon supporter. He was a Republican and he thought it was hilarious. He always laughed at Billy Jack. He even owned a Billy Jack hat, which when he used to get drunk, would put it on and walk around making jokes. Ha uh-huh, Dad. But little did he know, I did not laugh at the film. When I watched Billy Jack, I was like, holy shit, this guy's my hero. The politics of this film are what I want to be. So... Yeah, talking about influence but, on children, those were the films that were coming out back then was, hey, 
you know, we're, 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 this is our politics. We're about, you know, liberty for all. Um, racial discrimination is wrong. And the people that are doing it are wrong. <laughs> Shooting horses for dog food is wrong. <laughs> so I took away my environmental. Uh, trying to embrace yourself in a straight white community by doing fucking Cheech and Chong drug dope jokes is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, so it had the complete opposite effect on me than what my father was hoping. He thought I would just, like, laugh at the stupid hippies in his hat. And instead, I walked away from that film embracing it and loving it and seeking more of it. So every film I watched What's after that. We wanted to show you a very stupid and bad Billy Jack film. He could have shown you yeah. a trial of Billy Jack. Yeah, no, he wanted me to watch Billy Jack with him with the gun. Yeah. He didn't, yeah, no, he didn't. The trial of Billy Jack, which is completely political and shows you the corruption of American politics. No, he wanted me to laugh at hippies. So, but it still had the complete opposite effect where I fell in love with the hippies, you know. And then I wasn't too long after that, I stole a couple of my sister's records because I was tired of listening to Sesame Street. You know, I didn't want to hear Big Bird go A, B, C, D. So I took my sister's records, and the three records I grabbed from my sister's room was the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks, and the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> and right then and there, between Billy Jack and that music, every I, that that formulated my my meter of what I judged everything, how I saw yeah. the world. Well, if you went with your so, dad to buy uh, porn, porn back then, like you said. <laughs> oh God! Listening to the Ramones album and Dee Dee songs, especially. You're probably like, I seen that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I mean my dad dragged one one time my dad dragged me because my mom had a night job sometimes, just for extra Christmas money when time came around. You know, and she didn't need the job, but she got it anyway to get her out of the house. Um yeah. he would the nights he had to watch me would grab me and run to New York so he can go buy his eight millimeter porno films because they didn't have video back then. And he t- he would tell me, wait here. So I'd stand out in front of this sleazy-ass fucking porn store. And while my dad went in shopping, and I remember one night, I literally watched the guy get stabbed in front of me. <laughs> I don't know if he died or not. I think he died, but he got stabbed in front of me. He's laying there bleeding. All I remember is a, my arm almost getting pulled out of the socket, and my dad dragging me back to the fucking car, you know? <laughs> You handle it like a I guess good he heard the commotion, Yorker, came out there and grabbed me and got me the fuck out of there. Yeah, you handle it like and a my other New Yorker, New- man. Most fucker laying out bleeding, you like, fuck this shit. I don't give a fuck. Fuck this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a kid. I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, my entire childhood was weird because I grew up in an industrial park. Like, where my house was situated, and I posted pictures online. Like, I walk out my front door every morning to go to school. First thing I saw was razor ribbon and bob wire, a big water tower, and smokestacks billowing out black smoke. That's what I saw every day going to school. And then I. He was like, You know that movie Suburbia? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. I lived in there. Yeah, that was my (laughs) life. I lived that movie. 
So, you know, and then going to school, I'd walk through a fucking industrial park with chemical drums leaking everywhere. And my first job, I was like 12 years old. We're cleaning up a factory. So, you know. I mean, yeah, like, I, I didn't mean, grow up with, like, a perception of suburbia, of, like, real suburban life like a lot of people have. And it's like, well, you know, politics are okay, but I'm conservative. It's like, if you live my life, conservatism is, at best, just cruel. It's cruel, because I lived under what conservatism creates, you know? Yeah, I love that. Poverty. I'm conservative. I'm conservative. Shit, I got to buy my porno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad. I mean, that, that's the one thing that always got me. It's like, well, he changed his view after Reagan, and he couldn't hold on to a job anymore. And Reagan busted up unions. I think that kind of, like, um, killed my dad's uh, Republican love. Because my, I mean, my dad would be sitting there watching TV, and you'd hear about, like, the, the airstrike unions, the airport strike unioners, unions, picket line guys. Yeah, and then, that was... Y'all Reagan. think that what Trump did was nasty. You take about, wasn't it about 224,000, 2,400 air controllers? It was about that many, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was up there. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. And they, they got fired yeah, because completely... Reagan said, go to work or you're fucking fired. I'm a yeah. union man. You can't tell me what to do. Oh yeah, fuck you. You're fired. Yeah. And just like that, 2,400 air controllers were fired. Yeah. And the unions didn't do shit to protect them. No, because at the time everything got corrupted. Everything got corrupted. The states, yeah, everything was corrupted at that time, and nothing ever came back. You know, we never recovered from that. You know, and it's just getting worse. You know, and what? I remember my dad, like, he he went independent after Reagan. He went independent. I mean, he would still vote for, like, Ross Perot and stuff like that. But at one point, he was like, you know, I like that Nader guy. I'm like, but, Dad, he's not a conservative. Yeah, but, you know, he kind of – I think my dad saw, like, how fucked workers are under Republican rule. And Democrats didn't care either at that point. Because by the time um, Bill Clinton got well, in, uh, the Democratic Party got filled Nader's with um, blue dogs. What was with that? His, okay, with his stuff against the cars and all that, Nader actually cared about American quality and American product. Yeah, exactly, which I think is what kind of won my dad over. Because I think my dad was disillusioned. By Reagan, like he was like, well, Reagan was supposed to make things better, you know. It was going to be all strong, and everyone's going to get rich. Yeah, some people got rich. Most people lost everything. So, you know, <laughs> and under Clinton, yeah. after That's NASA, when the steel and, industries went under. Uh, well, yeah. down here, it was like a way of life. It's like you graduate from high school. What are you going to do, kid? Oh, I'm going to go in the army, I'm going to the military, or I'm going to go yeah. to college and become somebody, or I'm going to go work in the coal mines. Those are guarantees. Yeah. 
And if you went yeah. do that Me? and worked in a store or something like that, unless you owned the motherfucker, you were a goddamn failure and a lazy bum. Yeah, and my jobs were, um, I worked factories until NAFTA passed. And a month after NAFTA passed, my factory closed up. And I was unemployed. I had to get a convenience store job because there was no industry left around. I mean, I got lucky now that I got a warehouse job, but, you know, it's we're at Walmart standards now. So this is where we went. This is, And like I said, this is why I'm so disappointed in the liberals. It's like, what happened to your balls? You know, love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. <laughs> John Orsani, you know, yeah, everything, yeah, we're we're all about this progressiveness as long as I get mine, you know. Yeah, it's we 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 lost the the society and system doesn't work for us anymore, and it's both sides are guilty of that now, and that's <clears throat> I guess that's why this whole no witnesses is just laughter, laugh, you know, a joke to us because it's like yeah. That's where we are. You know, we have a system that works for the rich, works for the elites, and we don't mean shit. At least they had the common decency to try to hide it from us back then. Yeah. Oh, back then? Like, thank you. We know you're bullshitting us, but thank you for bullshitting us. At least you're showing yeah. us some respect. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, we're not hiding shit. Fuck you. We don't respect you at all. Oh. Yeah. Go back to work. Here, here's a new app for your phone. Shut up. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, and Billy Jack and George Romero. Yeah, wow. Billy Jack and George Romero tried warning us. De- Jello Biafra tried warning us. <laughs> they tried warning us. John Oates tried warning us. Steppenwolf tried warning us. They all tried warning us, and none of us listened. And look where we are now. Yeah, well, some of us we care more about We care more about shitting comfortably nowadays than, well, even back then we care more about shitting comfortably than actually working to build a perfect toilet. Yeah. Yeah, I like people that are like, oh, you just want free college. Oh, just pay it, work for it. You know, just work for it. It's like, but you'll have no no mind that it doesn't matter to you that most of our tax money go to weapons. Like, you like know, we just really have, most we just have the generation below us, uh, what would be considered our kids? What, the millennials and the Gen Z? I feel horrible for them. I feel horrible for millennials and Gen Z. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like I wish I would have done more growing up to stop it. I should have been a politician or something. I, I feel like I betrayed the Gen Z and generation and Gen um, what is the uh, millennials? Still there, Steve? Hello. Hello. Oh, I got bumped. Well, I'm saying our kids are graduating college already $30,000 in the fucking hole. Yeah. And And the jobs aren't there for them to pay that back right away. That's the thing that the, that the boomers are forgetting. Those jobs aren't there. Yeah. You, you, you went to college 
which costs you what thirty five thirty five dollars a semester, <laughs> and then you got a fucking part time job, you know, after you got out of college, till you got your real internship and your real job to pay it back, and you were able to. Now kids are graduating, yeah, they're they're not getting the jobs that that are available to them to pay that back. And they're getting and fuck you. Like, I would rather take the money from the military and put it in the free public schooling so we don't have a stupid nation. Yeah. Don't call me an extremist, but I would rather an educated I wish I could have went to college and been more educated. But me, I'm just some dumb street punk. So I just I just have my moral parameter and that's it. Kids should be able to go to college for free. Fuck fuck more bullets and more planes and more bombs. Send the You're kids not to school. Dumb. The dumb ones aren't the street punks. The dumb ones are the ones that believe that, oh, industry can come back if we get the right person in charge. Oh, the jobs yeah. will come back if we get everything on the right course again. Yeah. Oh, no, that's happening. just gone, <laughs> and it ain't coming back. Exactly. Exactly. I was in the 80s and saying out loud was doing jokes about Chrysler. It was like, oh, everything in this car is made in America. Wait, no. The thing is like, everything is like an engine. Oh, shit, that's made in Taiwan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the windows are made in Mexico. And then it came down. The floor mats. Yes, the floor mats are made in America. American pride, people. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> they shipped it out because they could do it cheaper over there. Yeah. Yeah, which which thanks to NAFTA, that really just made it to where that they could hire slaves. They, they could get, well, yeah, I know, but they, I mean, NAFTA really made it to where they don't have to pay shit. They could just go over there, exploit people, and they don't they don't have to exploit Americans anymore because we demand too much. We actually demand to be able to feed ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> but they're breaking us down. They're, they're generation yeah. by generation, they're breaking us down to okay. No, no, no. Please don't take my job away. I'll I'll work for nothing. You know, I'll live on dollar store food. That's okay. You know, back in the back when I was growing up, you know, laborers would stand and be like, "Fuck you." And then Reagan, your conservative god, came in and said, "No, fuck you. You're all fired. You have no strength." So, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> no honestly, we still listen to Jimmy Carter. Go back to what that motherfucker was saying in the late seventies. That shit scared the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in the seventies already talking about politicians aren't going to do anything for you. We're not going to save you. We're not going to keep your jobs. We're not going to do anything for your benefit. We were like, oh, you son yeah. of a bitch, we're going to vote you out of office. Exactly. Now today it's now like, yeah, like oh, he hates shit. the same people I hate. Yeah. What? Yeah, he hates the same people I hate, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually had to confirm to someone that Trump uh, is supported by Nazis. Like, no, he's not. We're not racist. I'm like, yeah, here's about eight links of Nazis talking about why they support Trump. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And What's the fact funny that his, is I've um, seen on this uh, site the other day that tried to say that Trump was a big part of the coalition that brought down 
New York City and 42nd Street. Oh, really? No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was the red-headed a... stepchild of rich yeah. New Yorkers. Yeah. They let him in the party because his daddy was rich, but they didn't really yeah. take him seriously. They didn't invite him to yeah. their party, yeah. you know? Yeah, he was, he had a cool million. That's all he had. He had a cool million <laughs> that daddy gave him to start off his little business. Yeah, and he <laughs> lost more. This motherfucker has lost more money in his investments. Yeah, than and I like to always Fred remind together my together playing the scratch off lotto tickets down at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, and I always like to remind people, like, yeah, you're you're a laborer, huh? You support Trump because he's all pro America and labor. Yeah, you know how his towers got built in New York? He imported illegal labor from Poland and then sh- and then got them deported after they were done doing his jobs and didn't pay them. That's how we got the railroad. Here's your pro-labor bucket. Yeah. Like. We got the Chinese over here. <laughs> then as soon as they built our railroad, we deported them. Yeah. You know why? Well, I mean, you know, that... There, there, there's your Make America Great Again president. Like, yeah, you know, you know why they hate the Mexicans so much? Because they'll do our jobs for us that we won't no, do. No, <laughs> they bought half of Texaco, half of uh, Arizona and New Mexico and California from us. So hmm. you know what we did? Okay. <laughs> we stole that shit back. And then we sold it to you guys again. <laughs> White Americans had a grudge against us ever since that we stole their shit and sold it to them. And they played it. And they paid it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different can of uh, racism right there. So... <laughs> But you I know, mean, really, you see that, any of these Trump, these uh, working class guys that say that they're over here illegal stealing our jobs, do you actually see them going out in the fields and picking oranges, picking apples? Yeah. Well, I always like to remind them, the well, if they took job, your factory job, I like to remind them, well, is it is it his fault for stealing your factory job if your factory hired fired you and hired them. You know whose fault that is? Not unionizing and not saying, hey, get this guy in the union, give him a living wage, because they got rid of and that's that's how it works here. They get rid of the union guys, they get rid of laborers that have actual benefits, and then they hire people at lower lower wages and don't give them any benefits. That happened I just I had that happen to me at a wine store I worked at. I'm not gonna name the store but it was me and a bunch of other guys that were working there, long-timers, full-time, getting benefits. One by one, they got rid of us and hired back part-timers with no benefits. That's yeah. America. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the and problem. It's like, what's funny is back in the day, they were like, they hired blacks. They're like, these niggers are taking your jobs. And then the white <laughs> guys come up. You goddamn blacks! Why don't you become union guys? Cause you didn't give us the chance. Yeah. Okay, you're in the fucking union yeah. now. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's yeah. I mean, and, and I don't blame the cut. Look it up. 
Yeah, I don't blame the kids that took my job at Total Wine. I blame Total Wine. Oh, I just in, in store. Can you believe that out? <laughs> no. I, fuck I, I blame fuck the store. For the, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. I, I blame them for getting rid of all the. Yeah, I, I I blame them for getting getting rid of all of the full timers and hiring back part timers. You know, <laughs> I don't blame the and kids. And they still want the underage people over eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they hired back a bunch of bunch of people that just need a job. You know, they don't care what they get paid. But we made that's the problem. We made Americans so desperate. You know, they'll just take anything now. And we're keeping us separate, like, and that's the other reason I hate party identity. It's like, I hate the Republicans. I hate Democrats. Well, it's like, it's like if we unified, we can make America work for us again. Yeah. Yeah, well, but he I supports have Trump. Yeah, he does. It was uh, <laughs> this uh, southern uh, broadcaster. He was like the voice of George. I forget his name. He got a job announcing uh, the Yale-Harvard football game. And this guy mm-hmm. come up to him, he said, Ah, oh, sir, who are you supporting today? Fair Yale or Fair Harvard? He's like, You're both damn Yankees and I hope you both lose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, McDonald's and I hope you both lose. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's nowadays will hire you for ninety days on the training. A contract, and as soon as you're off the training wage and onto real wages and might get benefits, they cut your ass down to one or two hours a week and force you to quit. Yeah. We didn't yeah. fire them. That's illegal. They quit. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of jobs do that. Yeah, no, it's it's. And like, I like, and this is the thing I always try to say is like, I'm, I'm a child of the '70s and teen of the '80s and young man of the '90s. I remember a time in America where a, a person can work a job and sustain a family, and you still lived good. And you didn't live yeah. like, oh, we're we're super rich. You know, and it's funny, I watch older films of supposed, you know, normal middle class Americans. And by today's standard, they would be rich. I was watching The Gate. You remember that 80s film, 86? Yeah, The, the gate. gate. With the kids. Yeah, the little, little imps. And you look at their house and the family, that was middle class. That big, be- big, beautiful house, the big lawn, that was middle class. That's a guy working a job and and had a family. And today that would be considered rich. You're rich. If you lived yeah. like that. Back then, that was just normal, you know, living. Yeah, that, that was, was just, everybody, you know, you know. Yeah, another movie, E.T. I mean, I know how funny that sounds, but when they're sitting around eating their dinner in their nice little house, you know, with the single mom. I guess she was single, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, she was a single mom. They never did say what happened to the dad. Yeah. So, and they had a nice house. It's like that was just middle class living. Same thing with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, another 70s film. Here's a guy who worked for the, what, the, tele, the electric company or the telephone company. Yeah. Had a nice house, yeah. pool, you know, lived, lived. That was, kids don't understand that today. That that was, that, that, our standards have gone so low. 
that if you just get a one-bedroom apartment, holy shit, look how great I'm doing. Back well, then, well, if you lived in a one-bedroom apartment, you were considered like a starving artist, you know? Well, it depends on the one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> back then, you'd be like, I live in this one-room loft. And you go, and then yeah, they show yeah, it the well, movie, yeah, and the well, motherfucker no, have like, enough. No, I'm to talking like about a whole like a little bitty, you know, bathroom sized fucking apartment. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, you were poor back then. Yeah, no, no. If you lived in a loft, you were you were like a, a doing well artist, you know. <laughs> yeah, but back then, like but, I'm just like, barely scratching by. You, I'm in a loft, and you go up there like, whoa! I wish I had yeah, a fucking place my neighborhood. that big. <laughs> It's yeah, like it's like the size of a film studio. I've ever seen in my life. My sister got tickets to go see Kiss. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it's, I was 11. I was like, you dumb woman. What? You paid fucking $11 a piece for tickets? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember my sister was forced to take me to go see... Um, Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon with Motley Crue shouted the devil opening for them. Uh-huh. And it was a sea of teenagers. <laughs> but back then, you know, you could afford that. Now it's like to go see some dirt band, $200, you know? It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Roger Waters is going on tour and the shit seats are like $42. And they're like, going to see a fucking concert for 42 that's like a deal. Yeah. It's I mean, like it 42 is, but... <laughs> for the shit seats and 300 for front row. Yeah. But, I mean, my point was, like, our standards of living have gone down. So no one really has anything to base it on anymore. Like, I remember you a, a single parent can own a house and have kids and still live good and have toys and Christmas and, you know, go to a restaurant once in a while. Now it's just like – and you're shamed now today, like if a kid ha- has a Starbucks coffee, oh, look at you living on the edge. That's why you're poor. No. Why, why is that our standards now? I have a Starbucks coffee. I'm po- I, should be- I-, I shouldn't have this because I'm living above my means. Well, if that's our means, then we have really set the bar low. Yeah, I mean, it's like motherfuckers are like looking down. He's like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're spending money on this bullshit. You need to save yeah. money. What for? Yeah. And they never oh, do we're save what for, anyway. <laughs> yeah, hey, according to the news, like, we're going to die from coronavirus anyway. Well, you need to save money. What for? The future. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen in the future? There might be something you want. But I don't want something now. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I want to enjoy it now. I'm not going to get to retire. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be working till I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, I might retirement well age now is like 70 or something. Yeah. I mean, someone found out that I had like a book library in my in my apartment. Like, they were like, oh, that's why you have no money. You have a library. Yeah, well, most of these are books that I took out of the trash, A. And B, it's like... <clears throat> Is this our standard of living? Like, I work fucking over 40 hours a week, and, ooh, geez, you know, I should splurge on my birthday and buy a cup of coffee. What? Is that our standard now? (laughs) No, back then, if you had a library in, in your apartment, hey, cool, you know, 
Now you're yeah, seen. Yeah, if you didn't you have any anything. books, you're a damn weirdo. Yeah. You're a weirdo if you own stuff. Because we're all supposed to just live on our phones and have nothing. Yeah, I don't, want, I don't read books anymore. I don't want physical media. I do. I. Yeah, I do. I suffer from <laughs> my I mean, copy the, syndrome. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that it's like, you're, you're considered spoiled if you buy if you actually go and buy like something from the store to eat rather than just cooking a bowl of rice at home. Oh, look how spoiled you are! Oh, you you spoiled little millennial. You want to buy a cup of coffee? Fuck you! You know, is that where we are now? That's why I brought up like in the '80s and the '70s. You know, that was just normal everyday living, and you were middle class. You weren't even rich. Now it's considered rich. If you live like that, yeah, uh, most kids come on. Be like, raise, you your, wanna, raise, your, you, raise your standards a little. Stop just accepting yeah. what people are telling you is, is is spoiling yourselves. Go for that fucking expensive life. <laughs> be a middle class person for real. You know, stop stop letting yeah. them tell you you're fucking shaming you into believing. You know that if you want a house and a car and you should just be in debt for the rest of your life. No, fuck you. That should just be a given for everyone. It's like all these mothers, like, uh, let's see, look at who my Blu-rays. I got Dead Alive on Blu-ray, $100. I got Near Bark on Blu-ray, $100. I've got my Bloody Valentine, the Lionsgate version, $100. (laughs) Didn't even pay $30 for them, new. Yeah. But now you get these mothers because you can't get it anymore. I'm going to spend too much money on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also the fault of the market, too. It's like they they, they put limited releases out, get you all hyped up for it, then it's gone. It wasn't limited. I got my bloody Valentine in near dark in the shit bin. Yeah. Well, I paid, I think, um, $10 for my bloody Valentine, and I was like, hmm... A bit pricey, but <laughs> yeah. But still, you know, it was in the shit bin where they put the cheap shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I paid two now, bucks now you for Dead Alive. That's like a. And yeah, now it's a yeah, friend that yeah. goes for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, I own my, I have all my copies when they came out, so I'm good. <laughs> I mean, that's why. <laughs> It's just crazy yeah, no, what value people I, I hate people when people shame put, you into you know. thinking, like, if you buy something for yourself, well, that's why you're poor. No, it shouldn't be like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. We're we're, we're supposed to yeah. work and then enjoy the labors of, the fruits of our labor. You know, yeah. not, not oh, got to save every penny because i got to pay rent. Everything shouldn't have to if go to just survive. If you look at all the survive. people that are rich, rich, that go, you buy that shit, that's why you're poor. If you really scratch on the surface, I bet they're comped like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like uh, all these stars going to the Oscars next week. You know they're going to have like a a $5,000 goodie bag. Yeah. Yeah. Or I I love the one um, image. It's like, excuse me while I park my boat in my yacht, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I gotta park park my smaller yacht inside my larger yacht. It's like 
Like, and then you're going to tell that's, me that I'm spoiled because I got a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's how the rich stay rich. They don't spend their money. Once you get so rich in America, your life is calm. You go to hotels, I'm rich in somebody. Well, you don't have to pay for your hotel room then. Yeah. Well, the, that and the fact that they don't pay taxes and, you know, the government's pretty much throwing money at them, which I, I love when people are like, oh, socialism's evil. Really, the rich have socialism. Everything they do, they get free money. Yeah. <laughs> they get, why are we bailing out banks and shit and rich people's? And then some exactly. motherfucker loses their job. They can't even get fucked. You got to hire a goddamn lawyer before you get on po- on workman's comp, disability, yeah. uh Yeah, and I mean that was under Obama. Shamefully, you know, he bailed out the banks and left us the fucking. No, Obama back in two thousand eight, I believe it was the the crash. No, I mean I'm been on disability since about the early nineties. That shit started back then. Like when I went to first sign up for disability, man. I'm talking about the bank bailout of two thousand nine. Yeah. I told the story before, but, there but the was woman looked at me and said, you know, if you get a girl pregnant, you'll be able to get your disability and benefits a lot easier. Ugh. Who'd you so knock I looked up? her right in the face <laughs> and said, ma'am, if you know anyone that I can get pregnant within the next 20 minutes, I will be obliged to. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I, I always go when when I see someone bucking the system, I'm like, good for you, good for you, because you know the rich are fucking doing it to us. Time to do it back to them sometimes too. That's why I respect the old school hustlers, because at least they were hustling to make their fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> you still got them. You still got them around. Yeah, not, not as much. As, uh, I think the only one of the old school hustlers I know. That are still around, even though they ain't doing doing worth the shit as Charles Band. Oh, um, the film the film producer is he? Yeah. No, that's Richard Band. Sorry, that's Richard. Isn't, I'm confused. Charles Band. Who? Charles Band. Richard Band's uh, his brother that does the music scores. That's right. Okay, yeah. I always get them too confused. I met one of them once, and he didn't sign my uh, autograph that I wanted. He was busy. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's probably Charles. Uh, Charles is, uh... Yeah, it could have been Charles, yeah. Because Charles was one of them. I, I forgot. It. Unless you have big titties, and then he's like a saint. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot who it was. I think it was Charles' band. Yeah, but he wouldn't still, find something of mine. hustlers, they would be busting the ass to earn their dollars. Yeah. Yeah, no. Wasn't um Charles Band the one that like stole movie titles or movies and tried to rebrand them as movies? <laughs> yep, back when VHS started. That was him, okay. He stole <laughs> okay. uh let's see. Vigilante, uh I spin on your grave, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> okay, I had to refresh my memory on him, yeah. <laughs> He's the one my that favorite stole a bunch story of... is that you remember he put out, Charles Band put out the 
Halloween 2600 game for the Atari? Oh, God. I barely, yeah. <laughs> well, Holy Mustafa Akkad showed up to uh, Charles Brand's office with uh, two very big muscular guys on each side of them. And he said, you have two choices now, sir. One, you take the video game off the market and you don't put it out no more. What's the other choices? <laughs> you keep the video game market, and every other week that you have the game in print, my two friends will come here and talk to you. <laughs> and they will not be very, And they will not be very nice when they talk to you. <laughs> oh, the behind the scenes of how business works in the film industry. <laughs> and of course, the game went out of yeah, print okay. that week. Yeah, of course. I forgot what I was trying to get autographed to. I think it was um reanimator or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and he no just like, he, he wouldn't sell. It. He don't own that. That was uh, Stuart Gordon's movie. Yeah, but I know his brother did the soundtrack, right? Yeah. Yeah, Richard Band did the soundtrack, so I saw Band on it. I'm like, ooh, can you sign this? You're a band? This is a band? And he's just like, oh, I'm busy. And he just, like, walked away from me. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's you know. very angry and bitter because he tried to say he owned the movie outright. In reality, uh, he invested a little bit of money, but he made it back in spades. Yeah. Now, he's the owner of, what, Full Moon, right? Yeah, Full Moon. Yeah, which has, like, Parasite. Was that one of his films? Because I see that on VHS box on the on yeah. the uh, Full Moon site. Okay. Yeah, so he, that's yeah. That's another scam that he, he pulled. He tried to say that yeah. he found a shitload of old boxes on his site. <laughs> but it turned out they I were new that. ones that he had made. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen the comparison videos of the old box compared to the new box, and kids are like... Yeah, no, this is a reprint. <laughs> These aren't original. And me, I'm like, fuck you, they're only like $15, and if you got the tape and you aren't buying it just to resell your fucking tape, then fuck you. Yeah, I was tempted to buy it for the Parasite one, because I always loved that image, the image for the film Parasite. Yeah. I always loved that creature. Like I said, I'm a big Creatures fan. That's like one of my favorites. His parasite, that little slimy thing that sucks on everyone. <laughs> and that's another big difference. When we went to see Jack Nicholson as Batman back in 1989, we paid like $13 for popcorn and movie tickets. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah, now when we like, went to um, see last year when we went to see uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, we paid $40. Yeah, yeah. That's why I sneak my shit in. I mean, sometimes I'll buy like popcorn there, but you know, if I bring anything, I try to bring like a couple sodas with me and stuff, so I have to pay their outrageous prices. Baggy clothes, they're your friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean everything's they're like people. Why do they? Why do you? Why does people stay home today? Why don't they go out and do shit? Because you can't afford it. it. Yeah. Your job don't pay enough, and everything's expensive. And then you wonder why people want free school because because uh, they, they know if they go to school, they're not going to be able to pay for it when they get out. 
Yeah. So fuck you. Yeah. You, know? you remember the days? It was like, hey man, let's go out cruising. Wait, let me take oh, a yeah. couch. Yeah, I got oh, four I mean, bucks. I spent like $3,000 and change. We can get gas and get something to eat. Fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I remember going out cruising with friends of mine, and sometimes we'd be we'd be driving all night, and I'd have to fill my car up twice. But it didn't cost an arm and a leg, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Back in the days when I used to drive, yeah. And I had a gas tank up, I think. Yeah, no, I remember um, I had a 1975 Chrysler Cordoba 420-inch cubic engine. And I'd look to fill it, like, on E, 10 bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks on E. And cruise four hours on hours. And it's like, oh, i got to go home. Let me fill it up again. <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks. That's it, you know? And I'm talking E, like, for a huge monster like that. Yeah, and, I remember. Uh, it was like... No uh, witnesses. <laughs> I just yeah. like that title. No witnesses. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, we you know, didn't have witnesses. We, we did crazy shit back then, shit that we can't even admit to nowadays. Even if our parents were oh, all yeah. dead, we're like, we ain't going to admit that shit. That might get back to somebody. Yeah, there's a few things that I'm like, why did I do that? Fuck, you're stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, my God, that was stupid. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, no. I mean. Yeah, there's always I, that one guy yeah. that was with you would be like, man, why you mess with that girl? She she ain't right in the head. She got FCDs, oh, no, I'm talking all about that. Like yeah, but I ain't got no other choice tonight. Yes, you do. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never had regrets with women I was with. Now, that's one thing. Well, one woman, but that's it. But um, now mine was like stupid vandalism stuff. And I'm not even talking about spray paint. I'm talking about like smashing stuff that I'm like, that person didn't deserve that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was stupid. I was young and stupid. What can I say? That's why I say I was a stupid street punk. <laughs> Doing shit uh, like that. And not even for, like, anarchist reasons. I wasn't smashing, like, a bank front or something, you know? It's like a car windshield. Like, eh, that, that, was, that was stupid, Fred. That was fucking moronic. The uh, <laughs> thing to happen to us when we were a kid is, like, we walked in this gigantic fucking pot field. Oh. <laughs> we were like, wow. And then the next thing you heard was an echo of, you boys better be getting on out of here. You got 10 <laughs> seconds to turn your little asses around. Stumbled out to some old hippie pop farm. coming from either. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, they would hide themselves, and all you'd hear is the echo in the field, yeah. We didn't have anything like that. I mean, like I said, I grew up in an industrial park. There was nothing like that around here. I grew here. up in the country. I mean, shit. We didn't even mean to go in there. It was like we just walked into the woods and all of a sudden, oh, click, click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you at least grab oh, a plant shit. and run or no? What? I would have at least they offered, hey, nice buy something? I knew there were <laughs> some out there that if you wandered into their fields or stuff, your ass ain't coming back. Yeah. No, I believe it. No, they're, they're, yeah. 
I mean, they're not just worried about people wandering and stealing it. They're also worried about government. So, you know, uh, yeah, FDA wandering in there or whatever the fuck group is out there now. Well, they think that, they smokers. thought that our little dumbasses was, was uh, drug uh, narcs or something. We've been dead on a heartbeat. They probably yeah. had motherfuckers no, falling behind. Like These are some professional like, hey. motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, my father told me a story once because where I grew up in Hillside used to be all farmland before it became all industrial. And when he first came here to America, um, he went and he was like hungry and he grabbed like a couple ears of corn and got his ass filled with a bunch of rock salt shot from a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) So he never did that again. Because back then, farmers used to have a shotgun with rock salt and to shoot kids that were stealing food. <laughs> and that burns like a motherfucker. One time, yeah, you don't get shot with shot. Uh, they came out in the store. They wondered, and these guys were four-wheeling back in the, in the hills back when it first started. Then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, they shut, they vanished for two days, and then they found them. Uh, all cut the fuck up, and they were just like blood-covered four-wheelers. And because of how oh, backwards we was back then, they thought it was Satanist. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> until we didn't oh, find out. Hell. They didn't find out what happened about two or three months later until uh, somebody got busted, and he sold everybody out. Ooh. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we 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 didn't have anything like that around here. Mostly where I grew up was like the dumping spot for uh, abandoned cars that were stolen out of the yeah. rich neighborhoods. Yeah. So cops would cruise my area once in a while. And what we would do is like the cops would always just see us on our skateboards and be like, what are you doing? And we'd chuck a couple rocks at them. And we knew the uh, industrial park so well. We knew every escape route, which windows to jump through, how to get out on the other side. <laughs> Yeah. So we would always throw rocks at cop cars and then they'd try chasing us and we'd be gone, you know. How did they hire you to show them that shit? What was that? Why didn't they hire your asses to show you them that shit? (laughs) I don't know. That would make sense to me. Because they're cops. Cops don't think on that level. (laughs) I mean, we were just street, you know, we were skate punks, street punks, and they didn't didn't care. They would they were just there to harass us, you know? Yeah. So, and they'd always see us, like, in the factories and stuff, skating, and try to chase us out. And, and I remember one of my friends actually tried to confront him. and was like, this place is abandoned. They're not, they're never open. Everything's locked up. There's no one here. Why are you chasing us out? One of the cops was like, go to the park. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you go to the park and get rid of the drug dealers that shoot at us? <laughs> <clears throat> So, but yeah, you yeah. know Quentin Tarantino. He always talks about living in the heights. Mm-hmm. That's about seventy, eighty minutes away from here. And my favorite story about oh. the heights is this cop. His helicopter ran out of gas, so he had to land it in the middle of the heights. Oh, and shit. in between the five minutes it took him to leave the helicopter. Get to a fucking payphone, call in for help, and get back to his fucking copter. 
That motherfucker was stripped to the shell. <laughs> and some of the shit was brought back. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, they took everything, the seats, every everything yeah. was gone, even the glass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, crime rate was low in my neighborhood. Like, our house got busted into a few times, but it was low in my area because that was kind of like the borderlands. Like, there was nothing there. You know, it was just like a wasteland. It was that it was that area, like I said, where people would drop the stolen cars. <laughs> you yeah. know, they wouldn't be going there to steal cars. Well, the heights you know, is where they dealer. kept the poor black people at. Yeah. So if you were white, your ass, your little ass didn't show up there. Yeah. Yeah. Now my people area was always wondering mixed. why. Why does Tarantino think he's white? Why does he act like he's black? Why does he want to be black? I'm like, bro, it's like he was raised in the Heights. <laughs> if you lived yeah. in the Heights for more than three years, you were black by association. Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, but, uh, right on the border of Irvington and Chancellor Ave, which is, you know, not considered a safe area. But, I mean, to me, that's just, it was like life. You know, and we were still considering ourselves middle class because we had our house. And, yeah. you know, like I said, it wasn't until the real economic downturn hit that it really got bad. Now it looks like shit. I went there recently, and there's, like, nothing open. The houses look like shit. You know, the houses that are there. Tree, the tr- the couple of trees that were there are stripped of the branches, and they're just these big, towering, like, you know, dead trees, so it's just like one of the smokestacks tumbled. <laughs> they let it get so, like that on purpose, so when they swoop in and get the land for next to shit. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're going like, to do. Eventually, they're going to buy it all up and redevelop it. They're doing that yeah, like near me. There's like plots of land do. that they're... Yeah, they're doing that near me now in Maplewood. They're buying like plots of land up and they're developing everything. And it's like, yeah, who the fuck's going to afford all these condos you're building? You know? <laughs> well, that's Rich white getting guppies. to gentrify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're they're trying their hardest to gentrify my area. So, you know, probably be doing my show, probably be doing this show from another area in a few years. <laughs> yeah. I'd hate to see hmm. a, I'd hate to see how much those last apartments that you and my other partner, Carl, lived in back then, cost nowadays. Oh, when I first moved in here, this apartment was considered expensive at $600 a month. Now it's over a grand yeah. a month. You I know, think a little shithole apartment it. in New York nowadays costs around eight, $900. A minute? <laughs> no, a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah could, that was the one thing <laughs> that I always thought bullshit about the TV show Friends. Yeah. They never really yeah. had any jobs, but their motherfucking little asses is living in this rent yeah. control this, apartment this in the middle of yeah. fucking Manhattan. Yeah, and, uh, and New York used to be the place that you didn't want to live in. Like it was dangerous and scary, you know. And it was, but I mean, people people get shocked when I show them pictures of old New York. Like, what? That was the village? 
Yeah, those burnt out houses you see, those were those burnt out buildings. That was the village. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know how New York was back then, watch Combat Shock by Buddy Giovanni. Yeah, you got to send me that. <laughs> what? What? What you just You've mentioned? Never seen that? No. What's that again? Combat Shock. Yeah, no, nope, don't know. Yep, I've heard about it. Holy never shit, saw it. that's on you YouTube. Send I'll send it to you tonight. God damn. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it, but never saw it. Yeah, is that the one about the? When I went and seen it. It was in the action film section. I'm like, oh, an action film from oh, Trauma. Okay. Ninety minutes later, yeah. my soul has been violated. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Combat shock. I yeah, mean, no. <laughs> there's one scene in there where this motherfucker doesn't have a needle to shoot up his smack. So he chews his vein and open and pours the fucking smack directly in his vein. Ugh. Yeah. Now I've heard about it. I never. And I'm. Um. I had a chance to buy it on VHS a while back, and I didn't because I don't have a VCR anymore. Someone had it and was like, "Yeah, you want to buy this?" I'm like. I don't want a VCR, and I don't plan on getting one. No, sorry. <laughs> I don't even so, know if the DVD. I know that. I, like. I think the Blu-ray of fucking American Nightmares is fucking out of print because trauma is pretty much broke nowadays. They they still make really? movies, but they're oh, broken and shit. What? Uh, next time I go to a, a, a horror convention, I'm going to have to cruise their table and buy up what I can then. Yeah. Before everything Look is gone. Look for American Nightmares. That's the director's cut title that it's under now. But yeah, American I'll Nightmares. That one is just damn. Oh, that shock. Yeah, like I said, I've I've seen trailers for it. I've seen, I've read about it, but I never got a chance to see that movie. It takes place in New York. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So oh, it's I up see there it with uh, Abel Ferrara's. New York shit. Oh, Driller Killer. I always yeah, Driller that Killer, Mr. You know, that yeah. shit part of New York cinema is like, yeah. where's my gun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people that they're like, what was old New York like? Driller Killer. Because that was what artists lived like. You know? They That's how the um, New York artists lived. They they lived like that and they fucking were crazy, and that was also <laughs> like the punk scene was happening, you know. Yeah. I mean, they showed homeless people like vomiting in the streets, and that's what New York was. And another movie that is kind of like makes me laugh, but it's I I say it's kind of it's still like the last of those the dangerous New York films is Chud, because that was when New York was in its swing of being gentrified, but there's still the shitty yeah. section. So even Chud had that like element of the old poor New York. Yeah. So it was like one of the last of those. And even um what's that movie? Uh <laughs> you're gonna laugh at Bad this Lieutenant. My Bodyguard. No, my bodyguard with with <laughs> Matt Dillon. <laughs> the old tough school Vincent D'Onofrio. God damn I remember that shit. <laughs> My bodyguard. That was old New York too, where everybody was tough, you know. 
<laughs> and can you believe it? We're oh, yeah. already done with two hours. Yeah. Damn, we did two hours? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Went by fast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to cover oh. that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, we shit, we did, but... Coming up soon, well, already up is episode one of the KSDAD Late Night Movie. And it's Mm. episode one, Night Warning with Boys Beware. Homophobia abounds on that one. And tomorrow night we're doing uh, Mike and Steve Kung Fu Spaghetti Theater Golden Swallow. The sequel to Come Drink With Me. You will get to see Gordon Liu and Jimmy Wang Yu fight over Betty T- Betty Pepe's character of Golden Swallow. And on Monday, oh, I'm going to be doing a stumping for a movie that's playing at Central Cinema, which is a very old school theater that shows all the good shit. And that will be for Wednesday night showing up the nice... William Peter Blatty's The Nice Configuration. So thank you for listening, and if we offended you or any of this hurt your feelings, fucking grow a pair. (laughs) And if this pissed you off and you want to say something about it, cool. Say something about it. But don't You can can message me. (laughs) I will respond if you have something negative to say to me. I, I I don't mind. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just don't be stupid. That's exactly. my only thing I gotta say during this political year. Don't be stupid. Yeah, sorry everyone, we had to get this off our chest. You know, we had to do a show about this. <laughs> okay. We had to do and, it. <laughs> good. And good night, everybody. Good night.